Well, I felt like just preaching on Enoch again because he was such a good subject this morning. And uh, that's an encouragement to me to know about somebody that walked with God when it didn't look like anybody else was walking with God. (laughs) Didn't say anybody else was walking with God. But he was. And uh, if you take your Bible to the book of Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 11, and then with your other hand get... Genesis chapter 5, and we'll get the beginning of that story with the man Enoch. I'm glad I'm in church tonight. I'm glad I want to be in church. And I'm happy in the Lord. I trust you are as well. I'm in Genesis 5 and Hebrews chapter 11. This morning we looked at Enoch's prophesying of the coming of the Lord, and then tonight we want to look at Enoch's pleasing God. You know, I wish all preachers that preached pleased God. Those aren't the same things. We preached this morning how we need preachers, and it's one thing for us to tell the good news and Open our mouths for the Lord, and we ought to all do that together. But it's another thing for us in our daily lives to please the Lord. And that's what we want to look at tonight, because to be frank with you, if you're not pleasing the Lord, nothing else you're doing matters. If everybody else is pleased with you, but the Lord isn't, then you're missing the mark. And I want that to be a goal, the goal of my life. I uh, sent my son a text. I said, once you get some of these young ladies to get this song up of the marshals, it said, I just want to please the Lord. Be in his will in every way. And, uh, you know, you might please your wife. You might please your husband. You might please your children. You could please your friends, your family members, your relatives. You could please uh, your pastor or the people in the church, your parents. You could please them. The question is, though, do you please the Lord? Do we put a smile on his face? And that, that's our desire as a church family. I, I don't want a church that is pleasing to others as much as I want it pleasing to God. And that's not an easy thing. And we'll see that tonight, I hope, by the grace of God with this man, Enoch. The Bible says in Genesis chapter 5, we'll start reading there. Genesis chapter 5 and verse number 18, the Bible says, And Jared lived in 160 and two years. And he, you said, do you really believe that? I absolutely believe that. Things are getting worse. They're not getting better. And so a man coming out of the garden had a much longer span of life than he does today. And that just shows you the effects of sin. The wages of sin is death. And so you go thousands of years with sin, hundreds of years with sin, and it just degrades not only the heart and the mind, but the body as well. And so to start off with, yes, they did live this, this amount of time, 
The Bible said in verse 18, And Jared lived in 160 and two years, and he begat Enoch. And Jared lived after he begat Enoch 800 years and begat sons and daughters. And all the days of Jared were 960 and two years, and he died. You know the great story of Genesis chapter 5. It doesn't matter how long all these people live. It all ends the same. They all died. Except one of them. I'm glad God's got the exception in there. The Bible says in verse number 20, And all the days of Jared were 962 years, and he died. Verse 21, And Enoch lived 60 and 5 years and begat Methuselah. And Enoch walked with God after he begat Methuselah 300 years and begat sons and daughters. And all the days of Enoch were 360 and five years. And Enoch walked with God and he was not for God took him. Jack Wood, years and years ago, preached, said, I want to preach on that text, was not. And he preached on things that Enoch was not. He said, number one, Enoch was not lost. (laughs) And then he preached, he said, Enoch was not alone. Boy, that's good, isn't it? And then he said, Enoch was not wicked. And Enoch was not found. They couldn't even find him. And then Enoch was not disappointed. That's a good message in it. We could just bow, we could just bow and close our eyes and go home. He was not. For God took him. Now what does that mean? We get the rest of that information in Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11, the Bible says in verse number 5, By faith Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found because God had translated him. For before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. But without faith it is impossible to please him, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Heavenly Father, would you please work something in our hearts tonight by the Spirit of God that we would strive and we would desire above other things in our lives to please you. Lord, I pray that you would make this church, this local assembly, ever a place that is pleasing to you. And Lord, I pray you'd show us some things in our lives, even maybe tonight, that are not pleasing to you. And Lord, we would love to put a smile on your face and finish our race like this man Enoch did. And Lord, I just believe if Enoch could be faithful to you and please you in his day, we can be faithful to you and please you in our day. Help us, we pray, and give us the life that this man had and the good Christian life that we ought to have. And we'll thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. How did Enoch please God? 
Look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, and with your other hand, if you would get 2 Timothy chapter 2. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and 2 Timothy chapter 2. The Bible says that he had this testimony that he pleased God. I'd like to ask you tonight, what is your testimony? You know, his testimony was, I I don't even know what Enoch did in his life. I mean, I know he prophesied. I know he did one thing. I know he had some children. had the oldest man that ever lived, Methuselah. And then he had other children. But I don't know what all he did in his life. If you would point to an accomplishment that he had, I, you, you couldn't really find anything. I mean, he preached a message. I don't know that he, anybody listened to him. I sort of have the opinion probably that they thought he was a weirdo. <laughs> By the way, you don't have to be weird to be a weirdo. <laughs> you just have <laughs> Some people are weird because they're saved to the world, but then they're weirdos even to save people. You, you know <laughs> You don't have to be that way. I think Enoch was a strange man. I mean, I don't think he fit in society. He's a very different kind of fella. But if you pointed to an accomplishment that he had, that you know, what's what's Enoch's testimony? Enoch's testimony is this: he pleased God. That was his testimony. He did what God wanted him to do with his life. I don't know what all that was. I don't know if he. If he built houses, I, I, don't, I, I don't know what he did for a living. I have no idea. But all I know is that God, when he looked at his life, said, this guy, this is his testimony. He pleases me. And, you know, you can have that testimony no matter uh, who you are. You, you don't have to be a, a preacher or a deacon or, or whatever or a missionary to please God. You can, be, you can please God right where you are doing whatever, whatever God wants you to do. You can please him. And... The Bible lets us know why some of these things were his testimony, and I, I want that to be my testimony, that I please the Lord. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, the Bible says in verse number 1, Furthermore, we, then we beseech you, brethren, and exhort you by the Lord Jesus, that as ye have received of us how ye ought to walk, And to please God, so ye would abound more and more. So pleasing God in this verse has something to do with our walk in life, how we conduct ourselves. It has to do with our lifestyle. And you know that as you continue to read through the chapter about walking and pleasing God. He says in verse number 2, we know, you know what commandments we gave you by the Lord Jesus. In other words, if you're not doing what God says, you're not going to please Him. And if your lifestyle doesn't reflect the commands of God, you're not pleasing Him. God's not just looking at our hearts. He's also looking at our lives. It's not like He's blind to what we do. Verse number 3, for this is the will of God, even your sanctification, that you should abstain from fornication, that every one of you should know how to possess his vessel in sanctification and honor, not in the lust of concupiscence, even as the Gentiles which know not God. Verse 7, for God has not called us unto uncleanness, but unto holiness. So as you see, as he goes through this text, he's talking about the way we live. And that's that's one way we please God, by the way we live. 
He said in verse 11 that you study to be quiet. That pleases God. Y'all, y'all got to help me with amens a little bit. I feel like I hit a stump when y'all get quiet. <laughs> Unless you're studying to be quiet. Yeah, that's it. And to do your own business. <laughs> Nothing like the Bible just to show us what we need in our lives. What kind of lifestyle does God want me to live? Well, he wants to do your own business. Mind your own business. Mm. And to work with your own hands. Not somebody else's hands, your hands. As we commanded you that you may walk honestly toward them with our... You see, that's the testimony, you see. The testimony of somebody that is living a life that is pleasing to God. So I believe that Enoch pleased God by his lifestyle. I really do. I think he had a lifestyle that God could look down and I believe he was a clean man. I don't think Enoch cheated on his wife. I don't think that Enoch was a lazy man. I don't think that Enoch conducted himself in an ungodly manner. He had a lifestyle that God would look on and say, I I like the way he's living. And... God forbid in this liberal world that we live in, you know, the people today, they, they think that God don't even care how you live. And that's not true. In the Old Testament, God cared about how people went to the bathroom. How would be that for an exposition of Scripture? I mean, God cares about how we live our lives. He cares about what we wear. He cares about what we watch. He cares about what we think about. He cares about what we say. He cares about everything, our, our attitude. He cares about all of that. And so the question is, is my testimony that I please God? Do I live a lifestyle that is pleasing to God? Enoch evidently had that lifestyle. What does that mean in 2 Timothy chapter 2? In 2 Timothy chapter 2, the Bible says in verse number 4. 2 Timothy 2 verse 4, No man that warreth entangleth himself... With the affairs of this life, watch it, that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. In this Memorial Day, God's called us, Memorial Day weekend, God's called all of us to be good soldiers, verse 3, of Jesus Christ. And we're to be strong, verse 1, in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And our desire is to please our our captain, to please our master, to please the Lord. And he says in this verse, we can't please the Lord if we are entangling ourselves with the affairs of this life. If your life is wrapped up in this life, then you're not pleasing God. Do you see that? He's not necessarily talking about some wicked addictions. or He's just talking about you wrapping your life up in life. Our lives are to be wrapped up in God. Our lives are to be wrapped up in eternal things. And if we just entangle ourselves with the things that go on in life and we live our lives not engaged in making my life count for eternity, then that's not pleasing to the Lord. Guys, if all we do is 
work a job and punch our check and go through life and live the same kind of life everybody else does. That's not in itself pleasing to the Lord. My life is not about this life. My life is about Christ Jesus. Christ who is our life. What, what is your testimony? What is your life? If you define what kind of life you have, what, what would it be? Would it be your job? Would it be your family? Would it be your hobbies, your interests? For me to live is Christ. And if that's not true about you, it doesn't matter if you work in the bank or if you're a school teacher or or whatever you do, if you work on the arsenal, if you don't wrap your life up into Jesus, it's not pleasing to Him. And we preached and taught about how we can take our daily lives, though, if they're mundane, though, they're things we have to do to pay our bills, and we can still connect it with the Lord. A lot of people don't do that. I believe Enoch's life, he wasn't living for whatever his job was. He was always thinking about the other life. No man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him that hath chosen him to be a soldier. If I'm all wrapped up in life, I'm not all wrapped up in Jesus. Do you see that? Let's get wrapped up in Jesus. And if we don't, we're not pleasing to the Lord. Well, I want you to go back to Hebrews 11 because that's not enough of, that's not all the story. In Hebrews chapter 11, the Bible says before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. And then I want you to look at verse 6. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Now, this is a trap that some people have gotten into. They think if their lifestyle is a certain way that they please God. That is not the testimony of Enoch. I just told you, I believe he had a lifestyle that did please God. But you can have the same lifestyle that Enoch had and not please God. Because when, when the Bible describes Enoch, he says, by faith. We didn't know that back there in Genesis. Well, we, didn't, we didn't hear that in the book of Jude. The book of Hebrews lets us in that, that Enoch was a man of faith. By faith, the Bible says. He's living his life by faith. And God forbid, and this is somehow we've got to breach this with our young people and with our children. We are not trying to fit them into just a mold of a lifestyle. We want them to have a right lifestyle. But it has to be more than that. The boy's hairs can, can be cut, hair can be cut short. The lady can have long hair and long dresses and we can look the part and we can go to church and we can abstain from all the things that good little Christians and Baptists should abstain from and you can live that lifestyle and still not please God because it's not just works or a lifestyle that pleases God. The testimony of Enoch was his faith. And you can have everything right on the, on the outside, but if you don't have a life of faith on the inside, he, he's, it doesn't please the Lord. I think everything Enoch did was by faith, or it wouldn't have said by faith. 
Without faith, it's impossible to please him. And when God is lifting up faith, he uses two verses on Enoch. We, we saw Enoch preached. You know what? I bet he had to preach by faith. I don't even know that he had, a, he had an audience. <laughs> Amen. You know, there's a lot, of people, a lot of preachers that quit preaching because they think nobody's listening. Well, you don't preach because people listen. You preach by faith. That's why we go, say, preacher, what does it do any good to hang outside? What does anything do any good? We don't do things just because they do good. We do things because they please God. We, we don't judge what we do uh, for the Lord based on the results. Lord, is this what you want me to Enoch preached by faith. He did not know a flood was coming. There was no rain ever on the earth. He didn't know all that was going to happen. He, he, he went to heaven, amen, before Noah was born. He couldn't see all that, but he was preaching it by faith. His generation wasn't half as bad as Noah's generation, but he preached it by faith. He believed it because God put it on his heart to preach. (laughs) Now, you think about this. How could a man in Genesis chapter 5 preach about the coming of the Lord? (laughs) Who is the Lord? It's not like there was a revelation in Genesis chapter 5 of all the things of the Lord Jesus Christ and His first advent and His second. I mean, we didn't even have His first coming, let alone His second coming. And Enoch is preaching his message by faith. When we go out and give the gospel to people, we do it by faith. The missionaries have to take it by faith. We have to give by faith. Everything we do, we have to mix faith in it or it doesn't please the Lord. Without faith, it's impossible to please Him. The Bible said in, in verse, is it verse 4 there we, we read? By faith, Enoch was what? Translated that he should not see death. Now watch this. For before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. But without faith, it's impossible to please him. Now watch it. No faith, no translation. You see that? Enoch was raptured. You don't get raptured without faith. Enoch had to have faith or God would have never raptured him. God would have never let him escape death. We who have put faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and the last generation of the church that will be here that, that will be raptured up to heaven, every individual has to have had personal faith in the Lord because before the translation, you have to have faith or you don't get translated. You don't escape death. The Bible says God, God took him. God didn't let somebody else do it. God didn't even let death take Enoch. God took Enoch. He was such a man of faith. And God looked down at Enoch as he exercised faith in the Lord and trusted the Lord. Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus just to take him at his word. Guys, where is faith in the mix of all of our problems and trials and heartaches? Where's faith? Oh, for grace to trust him more. Trusting Jesus, that is all. Trusting as the moments fly, trusting as the days go by. Where where, where is that? If you want to please God, you're going to have to trust him. 
You're going you're to have to believe, not just that he is, look at verse number 6, but without faith it is impossible to please him, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is. You know, now that's, that shouldn't be a stretch to believe that he is. I mean, you've got to believe in, uh, you know, something strange if you don't believe that he is. We're here because there was a God, there's a God that created us and made us. But, but we must believe that he is. But here's the other phrase, that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. You know what the Bible says? If you're going to please God, you've got to believe that God is a rewarder. If you are going, do you see that in the Bible? If you are going to please God, you've got to believe that He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. You know what that means? That means that you've got to believe that He's not going to give you the shaft. No, I believe, I believe if I live for the Lord and trust the Lord, I believe He's a rewarder. I don't believe He's going to withhold any good thing from me if I walk uprightly and if I love Him. Enoch, I don't know how everybody around him was, but Enoch was a man that believed God's rewards were better than the things that he could get in life. Do you believe he's a rewarder? The Bible tells us in the book of Colossians that whatsoever we do, we ought to do it heartily as unto the Lord and not unto men. And he tells us, he says, uh, knowing that of the Lord ye shall receive the reward of the inheritance for ye serve the Lord Christ. I think somebody quit on God, they, they, people quit on God and they quit exercising faith in the Lord because they really don't believe that, that it's worth it. They don't really believe that, that he is a rewarder. I mean, he says, when you do your alms, that's your giving. He said, when you do your alms, he says, just remember that what's done in secret, the Lord will reward openly. You know why a lot of people don't give, not just their money, but their lives to the Lord? They don't think they'll get anything out of it. They believe it's a waste. Why would I waste my money on the Lord? Why would I waste my life on the Lord? Enoch, he doesn't believe that. He has faith to believe that the Lord is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. So what are you seeking for? Enoch was walking around in his day. I mean, guys, I guess you could do a lot of things in 900 years. You could probably develop a pretty good golf swing in 900 years. You could probably get good at a lot of things in 900 years. I mean, you talk about retirement. What are you going to do? I'll work 500 years and take the other 400 off. <laughs> you, ought to be, you ought to be able to get ahead of the ball game in 900 years. Enoch, what are you doing? Well, I'm looking for the Lord. And one day he found him. And when he found him, the Lord says, uh, well, why don't we just walk around a while and talk? You know you usually find what you're looking for. And most people don't find God because they're not looking for God. This chapter in Hebrews chapter 11 talks about how they, they look for a country and they look for a city 
that had foundations whose builder and maker was God. What, what are we looking for in life? You know what most people are looking for? They're looking for happiness. And you'll never find happiness looking for happiness. Can I just clue you in on that? Bob Jones Sr. said it and he's right. And I've said it over and over again. And I'll say it till I, till I croak or till I lose my mind. Happiness is not something you find looking for it. It is something you find, you stumble over it while you're doing the will of God. You're looking for happiness? You're looking for the wrong thing. You're looking for acceptance? All the world wants acceptance. They better look for God. What are you looking for, Enoch? I'm seeking Him. Where is the pursuit of God? We pursue a lot of things in life, but, but most of the time it's not God. He says, seek ye first. The kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. He tells us to seek those things which are above. Enoch pleased God because of his lifestyle, yes, but he pleased God because of faith. By faith he was looking for God. By faith he was looking for a closeness with God. He was not looking for something in this life. He was looking for the Lord. And he pleased God by faith, and he also pleased God because the more he walked with God, the more he pleased him. Now, if you'll go back to Genesis 5, and I I want you to get two other places. We'll read Genesis 5, and I want to talk to you just a minute about this because I think it's important. And I want you to get Amos. We'll have a sword drill here. Go to Daniel, Hosea. And then you'll stumble over Amos. Get Amos and then keep going, Jonah, Micah, okay? So Genesis, Amos, and Micah. He pleased God because he walked with God. You may be a good independent Baptist, you may be faithful to this church, but if you do not walk with God, you don't please the Lord. If I do not walk with God, my life is not pleasing to Him. And so I want to ask you how your walk with the Lord is. Now, we have an advantage Enoch didn't have. The Lord is inside of us, if we're saying. You don't have to walk too far to find Him. He's right there. I don't know how far, amen, Enoch had to walk to find God to go for a walk with Him. But, I mean, you carry Him around with you. If you're saved, if you're born again, he lives in you, Christ in you, the hope of glory. You can walk with God. Amen. Matter of fact, you can't get away from God. (laughs) You can't walk away from yourself. Maybe in your brain you can, but you can't. He's there. Enoch didn't have that privilege. He had to go, where are you today, Lord? Now, I want you to look at how it's phrased in verse 22 of Genesis 5. And Enoch walked with God after. That means there was a day he started walking with God, and there was a day before that he wasn't walking with God. You see that? Well, what was the catalyst that caused him to walk with God? Verse number 22, And Enoch walked with God after he begat Methuselah. 
When Enoch had a boy, when his, now he had other kids, the Bible tells you that in verse 22, but when Enoch had his first child, he said, you know what? I better find God. I'm looking in the eyes of this boy, this little baby boy, and this little baby boy deserves a daddy that knows God. There's, look, I, I, think, I think some parents don't give a flip about their kids. If you really love your kids, you know what you do? You'll walk with God. Because the truth is, you cannot be a good husband. You cannot be a good father. You cannot be the parent they need if you don't know the Lord. If you're not close to the Lord, it doesn't matter what else you do. They need a, they need a dad. They need a mama that knows the Lord. And he just looked in Methuselah's eyes and said, man, i got to get my act together. I've seen that in my ministry. I've seen some people, you know, when they were young and they, they were just living their life for life and all of a sudden the baby came along and now all of a sudden they showed up in church. That used to happen more years ago than it does now. I mean, heathen people didn't know anything about God. They walk in church and they got this little baby and they didn't care for church. They didn't have anything for church any time before, but now they got this baby and we want to come, we need to come to church because this baby, well, that's not the greatest of motives, but it is a good one. Because guess what? If you don't go to church with your baby, your baby don't go to church. <laughs> you know what the, st- the statistics are with the people that we bring into this church? And we love all these children and all these young people that ride in on the bus. We love them. And they have to come without their parents. We, we care a lot about them. But you know what the statistics are? As soon as they get of age, we never see them again. You know why? They don't have a mom and dad that knows God. And it affects their life. So let me ask you a question. What chance does your kid have if their chances are based upon how close you are with the Lord? Where are you going, honey? Where are you going, Enoch? I got. I got. I got to go. I got to. I got to find the Lord. I look at that crib, and I've got to be the man and the father that I need to be. And I can't be that on my own. I need God. I'm gonna go look for God. Where are you going today, honey? Well, you know, the other day I went looking for him. I found him. I think I'll go out there again and just walk with him a while. And as kids began to grow up, they'd say, where's daddy going? Well, he's, he's going to go out there and walk with God. Well, what do they do out there? Well, I don't know what they do, but they, they just have a good time walking together. You know, that's a powerful phrase in the Bible, that Enoch walked with God. And that'll please him. I think, guys, if, if we don't spend some time getting to the Lord and say, Lord, I'm sorry for ignoring you. I'm sorry through, for going through my day without spending time in your presence. 
I'm sorry for not talking to you the way. I'm sorry, Lord, that I'm not as close. If we don't spend some time doing that, we're never going to please God. We've got enough sin in our lives just based upon the fact that we're not walking with God that would take us plenty of time to confess it. And he looked at that baby and he says, I I think I'll go out there and find the Lord. Well, what does it mean to walk with God? The Bible says in Amos, I asked you to turn over there, Amos chapter 3. Not just anybody can walk with God. Just like not just anything pleases God. Everything doesn't please the Lord. Everybody doesn't please the Lord. Not just anybody can walk with God. Amos chapter 3 and verse 3, the Bible says, gives the question, can two walk together except they be what? Maybe Enoch found the Lord and he said, God, I want to walk with you. And God says, well, you can't walk with me unless you agree with me. I'm not going to spend time with you if you don't agree with me. We, we, we can't be close if you don't agree with me. Well, what do I need to agree with you on, Lord? Well, number one, you're a sinner. Do you agree with that? Some people can't agree with that. And number two, that I'm not. <laughs> and that I'm righteous and that I'm holy. Do you agree with that? Do you agree that, that, that Enoch, I deserve the best because I'm your God? Do you agree that I know what's best? Do you agree with what I say is right and what I say is wrong? Do you agree with that? Do you agree that this world is an enemy of mine? What do you think about the devil, uh, Enoch? Do you, will you agree with me about him? Yeah, I'll, I'll agree with you. I'll, I'll, Lord, whatever it is, if you like it, I'll like it. And if you hate it, I hate it. Amen. That's good. Oh, if we're going to please God, we've got to have, we've got to agree with the Lord. We're not going to please Him and we're not going to walk with Him. You know why people don't walk with God? They don't like Him. <laughs> they don't like His opinions. <laughs> it's like, hey, this church is not for everybody. There'd be some people walking in this church and say, boy, I don't like that. Well, that is... Not for everybody. That's what Dr. Bob Senior put that ad in the paper, and somebody wrote him about at Bob Jones University, and they wrote him a nasty letter and said, I was going to come to Bob Jones University, but you said this, that, and the other thing in this ad, and that offended me, and I'm not coming to Bob Jones University. What do you think about that? And Bob Jones Sr. Wrote, wrote her back, and he said, Ma'am, we put that in the paper to keep people like you away. Church is not for everybody. I mean, you know what? You'd have a hard time. You could do it, but you'd have a hard time being a part of this church and not believe in missions. Because we eat it, we talk it, we sleep it, we preach it. We have conferences about it. We read letters about it. And if you are if you are a Calvinist at heart, or if you just don't like witnessing or standing for the Lord and getting the gospel, you are not going to have a very good time walking with this church, because that's what we are. We believe in a, in a certain lifestyle. You know, we have visitors that come in. We don't greet them at the door and say, "You know, you're not dressed right." We don't do that. We don't even have to do that. 
Right? We're not beating up people over the head with that. We want to hear the Word of God. But this is what ultimately happens. They come in. Well, I don't, I don't agree with this. It's so amazing. It's so amazing. We don't say anything about, to any visitor about their immodesty, but they have a problem with our modesty. <laughs> Isn't that strange? But here's the point. You can't walk together with people you're not agreed with. It just don't work. And God says, if you're going to walk with me, you've got to agree with me. And there are so many people that don't agree with God. They don't agree with what God has allowed in their lives. They don't agree with God's control over their life. They will not submit themselves to the will of God. And Enoch was not that way. He said, I agree with you. You hate it, I hate it. You love it, I love it. I will check my opinion at the door and I'll just walk with you and whatever you say, I'm good with. And the Lord says, okay, I can walk with you. Let's walk down the road. You don't walk with God with a predisposition to make Him agree with you. God does not agree with you. We're to agree with Him. That's what society is trying to do, trying to make God agree with them. It doesn't work. So to walk with God, you've got to agree with them. Now look at Micah chapter 6. Here's the next thing. and this, this is what knocks out a whole other group of people. So preacher, I want to walk with God. Let's all come to the altar. Well, we've got to get some of these things in order before we can do that. We've got to agree with the Lord to walk with Him. And then Micah chapter 6. He says in verse number 8, He hath showed thee, O man, what is good. And what doth the Lord require of thee but to do justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with thy God. You cannot walk with God without humility. That's why a lot of fundamentalists are cut out of that, of that relationship. You will not walk with God with self-righteousness. You will not walk with God with a puffed up heart. He won't walk with you. God resisteth the proud but giveth grace to the humble. We have altar calls and we have preaching like we do because we want to stay in a continual state of humility before God because God says you're not going to walk with me if you're not humble. That's why it's good to pray on your knees. It's good to pray on your face. You can pray anyway, everywhere. But it's also good to humble yourself. And I think it's hard for us to walk with God because we're just not low enough. And Enoch must have been a humble man. And when, the, when he approached God, he says, come on, Enoch, let's go for a walk. Because God resisteth the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Come on, Enoch. Walk with me. I enjoy your company because I enjoy the company of anybody that's humble. Now, I don't think this was necessarily true about Enoch, but I'll give you the last thing and we'll be done. Would you go to Romans chapter 8? It will be true about us, though. Get Romans chapter 8 and get Galatians chapter 5.
The Bible says in Romans chapter 8 and verse number 8. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. By the way, that is not a verse that applies to born again people. Now you can walk after the flesh, but you are not in the flesh. They that are in the flesh cannot please God. Next verse. But ye are not in the flesh. But in the Spirit, if so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. So you cannot please God. Nobody today can please the Lord if the Spirit of God is not in them. If they are just in the flesh, but not in the Spirit, they can't please God. That's why religion can't please God. Because if the Spirit is not in you, no matter what you do in the in your life, it's not pleasing to Him because only the Spirit of God in a man can make someone possibly pleasing to the Lord. So it's the spirit, not the flesh, that pleases God. Galatians chapter 5, he says in verse number 16, This I say then, walk. There's that word again that Enoch so famously has about his life. This I say then, walk in the spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusteth against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary the one to the other, so that you cannot do the things that you would. He's trying to get us to be led of the spirit. And then you see that fruit of the spirit in verse 22 and verse 23. And what I'm trying to say is, unless our lives are associated with things of the Holy Ghost, we can't please God. That's one reason why praise pleases the Lord. The Bible says, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is, the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to His name. He says, for with such sacrifices, God is well pleased. God is so pleased with us. When we are full of the Spirit, and we're giving Him praise, and we're giving Him thanks... Because there's something about the Holy Ghost taking charge of our minds and our hearts and our words and our praise. And God just looks down and He smells a sweet savor. And He says, that's what I'm pleased with. And that's why when we come in here, we ought to come in here filled with the Spirit. And we ought to be praising Him through the Spirit because He's pleased with that. Ain't it pleased God? He was a thankful person, I believe. I believe he was thankful to God. I believe he was praising to God. I believe his attitude was one that exalted the Lord. Guys, you can go through all the steps of religion and Christianity and being a Baptist and not have a heart filled with the Spirit and filled with praise. And if we want to have services that God looks down and says, not... They're dressed right and not that the doctrine was preached right and not that all the songs had the right words and had the right beat and the right music. But no, God looks down with people filled with the Holy Ghost from their heart giving thanks and praise to God. That's what God's pleased with. It's not just the outward form. It's got to have the Spirit mixed in it. You see that? And that flesh is opposite of the spirit. Guys, fleshly music is a dime a dozen in liberal churches. We know that. But you can have fleshly music in a very conservative church too. 
Because fleshly music is just music that has no spirit in it. And it can be an opera song from the pulpit. That is the most conservative song you ever heard with the best words you ever heard. But if it's done in the flesh and not through dependence of the Holy Ghost and fullness of the Holy Ghost, it's still flesh. It doesn't matter if the flesh is gyrating or the flesh is... It's all flesh. And it doesn't matter if you're sitting in the building and you're singing and you got the right songbook and the right author and the right words and the right music, but you sit there and you sing that song and there's no spirit in it. God doesn't get anything out of it. He's not pleased with it. Don't even matter if it's all the right tune, if the harmony's good. He wants something with his spirit in it. The flesh never pleases him. The spirit does. So, question, based on Enoch's life, these verses, are we pleasing to the Lord? Are we pleasing him? Are we doing what we do by the Spirit of God? Are we walking with God? Are we spending personal time with the Lord? How, how, help me. How do we communicate with our children and our young people that they've got to spend personal time with the Lord? It's not just shoving a Bible in their face. It's not just making them live a certain life. They have got to have a personal relationship and walk with God or there's no pleasing. But if we don't have that, they're not going to have that. Do we please the Lord with our walk, with our lifestyle? What about our faith? Enoch walked with God. He was not. God took him. And he had this testimony that he pleased God. I don't know when my life is ending. But Lord, if you would work something in my heart so you could say that about me, I'll be a satisfied man.